Welcome to Pocket Fiction by Steve Cook. Noctis Point, Chapter One. The explosion tore through the glass-fronted communications building, blasting people on the pavement in all directions. A few meters away, Alex looked up and had enough time to see the cloud of dust and fire burst out through the doors before the shockwave lifted him up and threw him across the street. Glass shattered, cars squealed to a halt, and the screaming began. Winded, Alex rolled over and looked around. He was leaning against a car that was abandoned halfway across the road. People were running left and right. A man came and knelt next to him, lips moving and Alex blearily realised that he couldn't hear anything. The man's suit was torn and ripped, fabric flapping as he pointed at something off to one side, but the car kept Alex from seeing whatever it was. He leaned forward, and as he did so, his hearing returned in a gurgling rush. You're all right. You need to get to shelter. Can you walk? Alex nodded, then coughed. (coughs) Yes, he said, and licked his dry lips. He tasted coppery blood and when he wiped his hand down his face, it came away slick. What happened? No time! The man helped him to his feet. They were both covered in dust, and Alex realised his own jeans were ripped now, his shirt spattered in brown and red droplets. He looked over at the comms station, where the fire was taking hold. Black, greasy smoke was boiling out of the roof, and everywhere he looked, people were running. A massive crash heralded the laser array, additioned lens arrangement, buckling and falling, taking half of the next door building with it. He ran after his rescuer towards the nearest shelter on the small square, a doorway with worn columns either side of it. As they mounted the broad stone steps, the first shot rang out, carbines whining. The man in the suit banged on the door, shouting something incoherent, and Alex turned to look back over the street. The first spider crawled out of the comm centre's wreckage, spear gun slung over its squat humanoid upper body. Its eight legs clicked and shifted constantly as it fired, picking targets seemingly at random. Three more emerged, two climbing straight over the ruins of the metal latticework that had held the laser array in place. Jovians, Alex whispered, and his stomach twisted in panic. Three humans scrambled up onto the rubble beside the aliens, adding their firepower to the spiders. All seven of the attackers were wearing the same grey-green tasseled ponchos, a uniform of sorts. The door opened, and Alex allowed himself to be yanked into the cool, dark interior. Here the blasts were muffled, trickles of dust falling from the ceiling. A woman was watching out of the spy hole, thin and stern. Are you all right? she asked. I'm okay, Alex said. In the quiet of the passageway, Their panting breath seemed loud. Can I see out? The woman pointed off to the right without taking her eye from the door. There's a window in the next room, but if they spot you and shoot you, on your head be it. Alex moved past the man and into the next room, which was a study. There was one small window, and he had to peer carefully to see through the dust and grime that had built up both inside and out. His pounding heart slowed slightly. 
The newscasts never put across the fear, he thought, or the smell. The street was almost empty, everyone either dead or fleeing, and the obscuring clouds of dust were thinning. The spiders stopped firing, and the one at the front, perhaps the leader, turned and said something to the others. They nodded to each other, and were about to move off in the direction of the shuttle port when the law arrived. They came in fast, over the top of the building Alex was in, a skimmer the size of a small house, the PsyOps logo blazing red against the jet black side. He looked up at the harsh sound of its repulsors. Four brilliant red floodlights came on, illuminating the rubble and the combatants. Lay down your arms, a voice boomed from the skimmer. You are charged with terrorism and murder. Do not move. Do not... The lead spider took aim and shot at the skimmer, blasting the speaker which exploded in a squeal of feedback. The skimmer dived to the side, a hatch opening in its belly, and four black-suited psychs jumped out. Their reflective helmets were down, and as they landed, the dust began to swirl in patterns that had nothing to do with the wind. The lead spider roared and opened fire. At the same moment, the tallest of the four psychs put both hands out, fingers spread. The dust, chunks of brick, metal, glass, whatever was to hand, was suddenly brought together into an impenetrable wall, six feet square, that shielded the four psychs. Alex gasped as carbine rounds thudded into the shield and were instantly trapped, adding to its thickness. The psych maintaining the shield nodded. One male, one female, rolled out from behind the shield in unison, running in opposite directions. The woman threw her hands up and began to flick them sideways, as if leafing through a huge book, but with every stroke of her hands a massive chunk of rock blasted into the terrorists. One of the spiders went down almost immediately, its body crushed beneath such a large piece of concrete that Alex doubted four people could have lifted it by hand. One of the human attackers screamed, shots going wild as a glass pane hit him and shattered. He went down, still firing. The second psych pointed at one of the spiders. The air shimmered around the alien's body and then erupted into a ball of flame. The human standing next to it jerked back. Alex could hear high-pitched screeching as the spider writhed in the fire, stumbling sideways into the man and then falling, crushing him. Both of them burned for a moment, and then the fire was snuffed out, leaving charred corpses. One human and two spiders remained, backing away across the pile of rubble now as they fired, and Alex held his breath as the remaining psych behind the shield crouched down, two fingers to his temples. The remaining human terrorist suddenly turned and shot one of the spiders four times in the chest, then screamed and fell to his knees, clutching his own head. Foamy blood bubbled from his nose as he slowly keeled over. The psych lowered his hands and stood up. The lead spider was the only one still upright, and it stopped firing, looking around at the rest of its squad. The psych with the shield lowered his arms, and the rubble and carbine rounds tumbled down onto the ground. All four psychs began to walk towards the spider, equally spaced. Lay down your weapon, the shield psych said, amplified voice clear in the silent street, and you will be remanded into custody. The spider's face contorted, and it brought the gun up again. Before it could pull the trigger, the shield psych flicked his hands up, ripping the gun from its grasp. The alien roared and charged forward. All four psychs reacted, grabbing at the spider with their psychokinesis, and the alien simply fell apart. 
Four hairy legs popped out of sockets, dripping a pinkish ichor. Both its arms, easily as thick around as a dinner plate, were torn away at the joint between the plates of chitinous armour, and the entire upper torso was severed from the lower half. The remaining four legs ran on a couple of steps, before the bulky lower body collapsed, twitching, and then curled up in death. For a moment, the Sykes held on to their grisly trophies, lending the scene the surreal air of an exploded diagram. And then the skimmer came in for a landing. The Sykes dropped their fields and climbed aboard. It's like they encouraged this sort of thing, the woman in the corridor said. I moved here from the country for jobs. There's no terrorists out there because there's no PO out there. We could be dead, Alex heard the man who'd saved him reply. The spiders don't care who they kill. At least the Sykes are on our side. And look at that, the woman went on, ignoring him. Humans working with them. They radicalise children these days, I hear, steal them away from their beds. Alex walked into the corridor, where the woman was opening the door. All around the small square, doors were creaking open as the survivors came out to survey the wreckage. They're on their own side, not ours. Sitting up there in that Mars base of theirs shouldn't be allowed, she said, stepping out into the street and coughing as the breeze from the departing skimmer stirred the dust. The square looked like a war zone. The comm centre was just a mangled pile of debris, some of it now burnt black or spattered in two kinds of blood. The spider that had been crushed was just a set of legs, some still twitching under the concrete block, and the air smelled unpleasantly of burnt meat and hair. A white truck rounded the corner, screeched to a halt, and disgorged a dozen men in white hazmat suits who began loading the corpses into the back. Alex turned and shakily smiled at the woman. Thank you for taking us in, he said, trying to keep the quiver out of his voice. He realised that he was shaking and freezing cold. You've got a scratch on your forehead, nothing more, she replied, and her expression softened. Drink plenty. You'll be fine. Go home, young man. Grateful, Alex nodded and walked away in the direction of the dim lands. You've been listening to chapter one of my novel, Noctis Point. For more writing, both by myself and other authors, check out stevecookfiction.com. If you've enjoyed this episode, please visit iTunes and leave a five-star review. They really do help. And finally, I'd like to wish all my listeners a very happy new year.